Welcome to another audio review from 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. I'm Everett, and I'm here with Andrew's good friend, Will. Today, we're reviewing the new Seiko Sports SRPE 40 millimeter sports models from Seiko. Will, how you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great, man. I'm killing it. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to doing this again. So today, we're looking at these new um, bezel-less or, or dive bezel-free Seiko sports watches. Um, we reviewed, you, you reviewed these, uh, we, we did a collaborative review on these on the website here, oh, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, Yep, which has been incredibly popular, but we thought we'd take some time to, uh, to give that same review or, or a similar review to the folks at home who perhaps don't, don't like websites or, or written reviews, uh, the, the, the podcast first folks. Yeah, absolutely. It's, sometimes it's, you know. A little bit easier to just listen to it, and I think also that both of us have had this for a couple weeks now, so it's mm-hmm. not long term, but it's a little bit longer term than even when the review came out. We we were early adopters. Yep. Right. <laughs> I th- I uh, you know I we've talked about this on the show a couple times, but you you ordered this and then sent it to me. Uh, and I ordered it right away, and it wasn't until after I finished my purchase that you said I did DHL, and I was like, "God damn it, <laughs> Will! <laughs> Will's gonna have this at least three days before me." Whoops. I have had this thing now on the stock bracelet. I've had this thing on um, a variety of NATO straps. I did put it on. I've got a twenty millimeter shell cord event dress strap, which it smoked but now I'm wearing this thing on uh, Uncle Seiko, the Mexico Holzer Uncle Seiko for the for the um, Omega Speedmaster. And yeah, I I have that same bracelet, and I haven't tried putting the Seiko on it yet. I know it'll fit. I have a couple of his bracelets for the Speedmaster. I'm wondering how the beads of rice is going to look, but I agree with you. This thing is awesome on pretty much everything you put it on. I've got mine now on. Uh, it's one of the Notice rubber straps, that smooth rubber that they have. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's a fantastic strap. It, it looks good on everything. That that smooth sort of matte rubber really lends itself to a variety of watches. It's sporty for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not dressy. No, definitely not. But you could dress this watch up. I think if you put a leather strap on it. The, yeah, you know, like I said, I have that number, that color number eight shell cordovan strap that I I made from an old pair of floor chimes, and uh, it really classes this thing up. Yeah, I. I Unfortunately, I haven't put mine back on the bracelet in a little while. I think I talked about it a couple weeks ago when we did the announcement episode that the the bracelet was just bugging me. And sure, I uh, I changed out the clasp. I put a different generic clasp on it that gave me an extra micro adjust, um, and it made it a little bit better. But after I tried that for a couple of days, not that I hated it or anything, but I was like, eh, it's it's hot out. Let me put it on a rubber strap anyway, and it's it's just been super comfortable, so I haven't taken it off. Yeah, no, that's fair. And, and Seiko really does a disservice, I think, to these to these. Yeah, you know, it always seems like Seiko does a disservice to its to its watches that are destined to be super popular. Um, you, you know, only having those two micro adjusts that come nowhere. They're not any even anywhere close to each other, right? They're like six or seven millimeters apart. It did occur to me that maybe you could um, drill. There's enough space there. I think you could drill two additional micro adjust holes. So that might be something that I'm interested in trying out. Yeah. I I mean, anybody with a steady hand and a drill could probably pull it off. I've got a, I've got a drill press in my workshop, so maybe I should give it a go. 
I mean, it's it's a lot of work for a not very nice bracelet. So the alternative <laughs> is just wait till you know everybody and their mother's gonna. I I assume everybody and their mother's gonna have dedicated bracelets for these, including Uncle Seiko. Probably strap code. There's probably yeah. gonna be the you know the custom rubber makers who make something fitted for it. That that would be my guess. This this watch I think is gonna be incredibly popular. So. Yep, I think it already is. I mean, uh, Long Island Watch has had them in and out of stock a couple times, I think, already. Yeah, three have... three shipments, I think, that yeah, they've yeah. blasted through. And they have, um, I want to say, six variants of it. Um, you know, the different dial configurations and bracelet configurations. They've got a good amount of different configurations you can pick up more than what we had available to us when we ordered this one. That's that's right. You know, I I would have purchased the anthracite dial, I think, um, on a bracelet if that had been available, but it just wasn't when we ordered. So I'll say real quick, our uh, senior writer, Mike, he ordered one with the gray dial on the bracelet and he just got it in and he, he's in love with it. So I'm sure he'll give us some uh, some opinions that maybe we can add on to the review on the website as well. Fantastic. That's fantastic. So what do you think about the way this thing wears, Will? Out of all the recent Seikos that I've tried on that have um, not been huge, I think it's probably one of their best-fitting watches that they've come out with in a really long time. The closest thing I can compare it to is maybe the the cocktail time, because it's pretty similar to size in that. I think the lug-to-lug's probably a little bit shorter, um, but it, it's got that SKX-style case, so it mm-hmm. you know it's going to wear well as it is, but because of the the bezel not being there, it's... A little bit thinner on the wrist. That turn down of the lugs is really nice. It's just solid all around on the wrist. I, I can't I can't find anything to complain about as far as the case goes sitting on top of my wrist. You know, I think Random Rob refers to uh, that that thing that Seiko does with the SKI. He calls it Se- the Seiko magic, right? Where uh, this is a 40 millimeter case, just like the SKX is a 42 millimeter case, but it winds up wearing significantly shorter i think that the lug to lug on this thing is only like 45 millimeters right so that's got a lot to do with it but it just winds up being this incredibly compact svelte package when you get it on the wrist yeah it's funny when you look at it from the top down it doesn't look a lot smaller than the uh, skx nope but when as soon as you put it on your wrist it's definitely smaller uh just the, the diameter definitely the the lug to lug, I think, is two millimeters less because I think the SKX is forty six, if I remember off the top of my head, and this is forty four. That sounds right. Yeah, so forty four and change, I think. It's just really nice to wear the, and I don't know if you've experienced with this, uh, with yours, but the only thing that I can really complain about when it's on my wrist, uh, and it's not so much the case. Well, I guess it is a little bit. My rotor's a little bit loud. Oh my sounds, gosh! Yeah, yeah. It sounds <laughs> it sounds a little jangly in there, like almost like it's loose, but. I've I've inspected it thoroughly and it's not loose. I think it's just because the you know the case isn't super watertight, sealed up, that kind of stuff. It's some of the sound is just creeping through. Sure, and, and you know I've been wearing this thing back and forth with the Laurier Falcon. Laurier obviously has a different movement, uh, but they have the nine series Miyota movements, which are just as you as you alluded to, you, you know, helicoptery. Uh, so I put this thing on and it, relatively silent, but compared with. Uh, uh, tr- compared with my SKX, for instance, it's it's definitely a noticeable thing. Yeah, you, you don't hear the the you know whirring around like you do like a Miyota, but you hear when it you know it falls when you have it up to your ear. You know, you lift your arm up or something like that. You just hear the rotor, I think, fall because of gravity. It's not really it's spinning around because 
Seiko movements, their their rotors don't spin crazy like Miyota movements do. Right, because they're bidirectional. You, you know, I'll, I'll say for my part, I, I don't mind either one of those things. I, in fact, I kind of find the Miyota were charming. Um, so it, it, it sort of adds yeah. to the to the overall to the overall experience for me. But I, I know it's something that people bring up. Yeah. What, what do you think about the dial on this guy? I like it. I'm glad that they kept it similar looking to the 5KX or what an SKX would look like with the applied indices. It's just a, a simple dial. There's not a lot of you know heavy ornamentation on it, but it, it has nice little touches. You know, the, the triangle at 12 and the elongated um, circles at 6 and 9 have you know those little points sticking out on them. Sure. And when the light hits it, you know, any applied dial is going to look good when the when the light hits it. But having that little extra ornamentation that's not too much, I think, just looks really good. Yeah, no, I I think the dial on this thing is great. I think it's a fantastic combination of um of detail and and blank space. You know, I think that there's a there's sometimes a, a motivation to fill the space up, and I think that they've done a good job in keeping the the details unobtrusive and leaving a, a big sort of matte black. Well, at least in the case of of the SRP fifty five, a nice big matte black space to um, give the eye some room to play with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess we should probably move on to talking about what I think is. The, the biggest difference, aside from the case size, but the lack of a bezel. Because uh, yeah. Seiko, you know, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, outside of the uh, Presage series, they don't release a lot of watches that have a, a polished fixed bezel like this. Yeah. And you know what? I never even tried to... It doesn't turn, does it? No. It, it does not turn. <laughs> no, it's fixed. Yeah. I just wanted to see if maybe uh, Seiko tried to cut a corner there, but no, they didn't. How was your, your polish on your bezel holding up? So far, so good. I have a uh, you know a really tiny superficial scratch, uh, you know, around the three o'clock position. But I mean, it's polished. It's going to pick stuff up just from rubbing up against stuff. Mm-hmm. But My, mine is going the way of the Speedmaster, uh, where it's really. I mean, I wear my watches. Some people are are pretty careful with their watches. I am not. Right. I put a watch on. It doesn't matter if it's a review piece, if it's uh, mine. The one time I'm more careful is if it's a loaner from a listener. But by and large, I get a watch, I'm going to wear it because I kind of want to know these things. Uh, mine is my <laughs> mine is scuffed, man. It, it's, I would say, at least 180 degrees of it. The hand side, 180 degrees, are, are marred. Uh, and that's after about two weeks. So it's something to note, right? If you're if you're picking this up, I do think that there's version of these with a brushed bezel, right? Uh, I think so. And if there isn't, I was I was thinking while you were talking that I'm sure there's people that are going to take their bezels and brush them just to give it that more kind of tooly look. You know, something more similar to a field watch. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it'd be easy to do. I know that you'd have a really hard time scratching hard legs with some brushing. Mm-hmm. So. I don't. I wouldn't really worry about the crystal too much. You know, you could tape it off if you want, but I'm that that just kind of goes into the modding of this watch. I think that modders are really going to go crazy with this once they figure out what fits and what doesn't from other Seiko parts. Sure. You know, I think that the more important aspect of this bezel, though, and I think you may maybe we're about to touch on it, is the size of it. You know, we've we heard you you and I both I think heard a number of people saying, "Oh, well, it just looks like a modded SKX. What's the point? This is stupid." Because the the internet is the internet is collectively a bunch of jerks, um, 
but it's not that right the this bezel is is uh really aesthetically designed and when i say designed i mean like capital d designed to fit with the overall aesthetic and 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 it does something different than a than a Murphy bezel than a sterile Murphy bezel would do on an SKX. Yeah, it and it's thinner. I I think even if you took an SKX and put a fixed bezel like this on it, it's still going to be fairly thick. This definitely thins down the watch a little bit because I didn't need to put the mechanism in for it to turn, as I just figured out on my own a, a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. I mean, and and so that that it really lends itself to a cohesive, you know, I've been calling this thing the dress KX, and I think you object to that term for for very valid reasons. It's not a dress watch. Um, but I think it lends itself to being significantly more dressy than something with a giant polished Murphy bezel would 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 have. Uh, not that I think there's anything wrong with that. I, I actually really like that. But this is a this is a designed watch. This isn't a mod. Uh, and and there's good reason for those decisions. Right. I agree. Um, so I, I'm going to say two things more, I think, about the case. Um, I have it in front of me, and I'm just spinning it over looking at it. And I don't even know if I really covered this in any extensive detail in my review. It's It was it was thorough, but you know, there's only so much you can talk about. But the case has drilled lug holes, which mm-hmm. is, I think, a nice thing to have, especially if you want to take that stock bracelet off because Seiko stock spring bars are a pain in the butt. Um and I, I like that, but the one thing that I don't like so much about the case, and I pointed this out when I reviewed the 5KX, because it's not a screw down and it doesn't pop out, is it can, it's not super comfortable to wind just because of the way the crown guards are. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of just in your way, unless you have really tiny fingers, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. Know if you experience that. I, I don't disagree. The crown guards sort of come down to 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 a plane below the bezel so really the underside the the bottom the case back side you actually can't get purchase in between those case guards i mean right your fingers are malleable and so it's not going to be a tremendous issue but the crown sits higher than the case guards on the on the case back side i've totally noticed it not that i'm winding this really you know i i sort of pull pull it out i give it a wine wine and then stick it on my wrist but yeah it's something to note yeah and well what i did notice as i was sitting here as you were talking i was winding it and seiko's movements have always winded winded i guess that's a word right have always wound yeah yeah there we go um have always wound really easily and uh one thing i noticed on this is if you want you can just push on it on the top with your thumb and it winds yeah you don't even need that's right fingers that's right. I mean, this thing winds a hell of a lot easier than a Speedmaster, and you have to wind the Speedmaster. So, yeah, yeah, the Speedmaster <laughs> can be a, a little bit of a finger jammer sometimes. You said you had one other thing about the case. Uh, no, that was it. The drilled lugs and the crown guards on the uh, on the crown winding it. You know, I will say my drilled lugs are pretty tight. I use a version tool by and large for for all my tool stuff, and that version tool has some resistance trying to go you know, you know they're they're basically as tight as they could be to accommodate that version tool and and it and it doesn't feel nice sticking them in there there's some resistance so i assume that's something that would improve with use but the my first experience sticking the that prong for the version tool in there was not was not good it felt like oh gosh i'm doing something wrong um but now it's fine yeah, I, I didn't notice that when I uh, took the bracelet off, but I I know at some point I'll be 
sticking the tool back in there at some point. So I'll have to take notice of that and see what it's like. So we got to get to it. Let's talk about the bracelet. Obviously, this is not a this is not a high caliber bracelet, right? No, no. Exposed pins all the way up to the lugs, fo- yep. folded links, clearly folded links. They're they're folded and soldered or brazed or welded. I'm not sure how they do that. So it, it doesn't look like an old school sandwich uh, link, but it it is still folded. I, I mean, the whole thing looks nice, but doesn't feel terribly nice. That would be my assessment. Yeah, it's it's almost like Seiko wanted to make the charming jingly jangly jubilee, but in an oyster style. But it just didn't work because yeah. it, it's very jangly, um, more so than any other oyster bracelet on a you know a, an above two hundred dollar watch. I'll say should be. Um, I, I I will say that I'm happy that they did female end links because Seiko has a a terrible track record of using male end links on watches that have long lugs to lugs, like the Marine Master 200. Yeah. That watch wears well, but because of the male end links, it just sometimes can look huge with a fantastic bracelet. But in this watch, I'm glad that they put in the, the female end links because it wears true to size. And I, I wish Seiko would do that with more of their bracelets. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's some folks that defend the male end link, and I, I actually don't know that there's a ton of defense for it, right? The the female end link just gives you so much more versatility, right? No matter what, what wrist size you have, no matter what the curvature of your wrist is, a male end link is going to determine that dimension, whereas the female end link is going to accommodate different, uh, different uh, circumference shapes and uh, different sizes. I, I don't know that it's defensible at this point. Yeah, I, and I think that it's very possible that we may have just ruined a lot of bracelets for people because I know that I didn't notice male and female end links, how much it added to the you know the height, the lug-to-lug of a watch, essentially, until someone said it. <laughs> so I'm very, I'm very sorry for everybody that maybe we just did that too. 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast, ruining watches for people since 2020. <laughs> but, but, it, but in this case... Uh, the female end links are there. They work well. Um, I'm hoping that when some third-party bracelets come out, you know, Uncle Seiko, Strapco, those guys, I hope that they do keep the female end links on there. So if you guys are listening, please do it when you're developing your bracelets. I, I have a yeah. feeling Strapcode probably won't because most of their bracelets have the male end links. Yeah. You, you know, I think if Seiko would have just made a Jingle Jangle Jubilee on this thing, everybody would be over the moon um the the closest comparison i can come up with to this watch is the bracelet for andrew's ssb031 mm-hmm. uh the 40 and 20 chronograph is as it's been lovingly referred to i think it's about the same as that um and and that's not a pleasurable bracelet uh even though the quality the overall quality is about the same as the jubilee um, in fact, I suspect this is the same exact bracelet that's on that watch. The, the overall quality isn't isn't worse than the SKX Jubilee. Uh, it's probably cost about the same to make. Uh, maybe the additional piece adds a, a micro cost, but um, it's just not. It just doesn't accommodate as well to to the eye, right? Yeah, I I agree. Um, I wonder if the SKX zero one three jubilee that that comes from seiko could be modified to fit this and the reason i say that is because i tried uh, an uncle seiko 013 and it 
mm. didn't quite work. Um, it it would fit on there, uh, but the end links were just a little bit weird. And you know, you could probably fiddle with it to make it work. And that's where I think maybe taking a Seiko bracelet and kind of messing around with it might actually make it make it fit. I don't have one to try, but uh, if anybody has one out there that they are willing to part with and let me experiment, I'll gladly give it a whirl. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. And would and and I'm sure you'd send it back uh, in, in a reasonable amount of time. Well, well, I think that that's I think that that's most of the details. Um, I guess finishing thoughts uh, before we let these folks go. I, I mean, what's your what's your overall impression? I, I think that it's really clear to me and and you and just about everybody else who's talked about this thing this thing's going to be popular it's just going to be popular but what what are your what are your sort of overall big picture thoughts on this thing i think it's a seiko that a lot of people have been waiting for and that that's just based off something that i feel and that a few people have said to me after either handling it getting their own or just reading the review is that it's it's a it's a good size pretty much a goldilocks size it's going to fit everybody but it's also got that really nice styling uh, that you get from like the Rolex Explorer Tudor Black Bay 3641, where it's that simple dial. You know, the Rolex Explorer has the, uh, the numerals, but the Tudor doesn't. It's more similar to this. But I think it's going to fit a lot of people's taste for a simple-looking watch that you can pretty much wear anywhere. I mean, I, I don't see any reason why you couldn't bring this in a pool and go swimming with it. It's got 100 meters of water resistance. So it's a watch that I think is just going to fit into a really good everyday wear spec sheet for a lot of watch people out there. Yeah, that seems reasonable. You, you know, say what you will about Seiko or the Seiko 5 logo. I, I know people have opinions and people are uh, are sort of inclined to trash on the Seiko 5 logo. I think it's like, um, it doesn't bother you, you know, me that much. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I, I it doesn't bother me at all, frankly. I think I think that it's a cool logo, right? It's a cool S. Um, but that's something that that's something to be aware of. And I know some people aren't going to be a big fan of. Um, I actually think that this thing sort of for me revives the feeling that I used to have, my 2015 feelings about what Seiko are, uh, Seiko is, um, what it should be for the for the entry level collector. You know, this is this is such an easy watch to recommend to someone who says, hey, you know, I've got 300 bucks, 250 bucks. I'm looking for my first watch. Um, what should I be looking at? I agree. And I think it, it's almost like Seiko was listening to everybody when they were releasing, you know, all the recent dive watches that have been around $1,000 to where everybody was saying, why, do, why don't they release affordable watches anymore? And it's, it's almost like this was their answer to that. And I think they did a really nice job with it. So I'll take back a couple bad things I said about Seiko over the past year or two. <laughs> That's right. Well, good. Uh, Will, do you have anything else you want to add before we uh, before we cut out on this one? No, I think I'm good. If there's something that we didn't cover here, um, both myself and Everett gave a, a pretty good rundown in the review on the website. And then if you want to see some macros, definitely check out the video that's on the website as well. It'll, uh, it'll show you how clean this watch is for less than 300 bucks. Yeah, absolutely. So check out the check out the review on WatchClicker.com. Um, I think the title of the review is uh, Seiko Seiko Five SRP E Fifty Five, which is <laughs> about as literal as we could get. I think with that. So check out the review WatchClicker.com. Uh, you can check out the podcast at WatchClicker.com now. I think it's like slash 
40 and 20, the, the Watch Clicker podcast, or something like that. But if you go to the website, you'll be able to find us there, too. Uh, but this uh, this will be available in the normal stream. So, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're hearing me say this, you've already heard it, and you don't need this advice. Will, thanks. Thank you. It was fun.